What's going on, everybody? It's your host and your boy TJ here, back with another Rugby Muscle Podcast. Today's episode, we are going to preview the Rugby World Cup final. And I also want to talk about this Game Changers documentary and about vegetarian slash vegan, well, actually specifically vegan diets, I guess, because that's what the documentary is about being hashtag plant-based and I want to give my opinions as someone that would consider himself plant-based although it's certainly not vegan but um, I think as someone that consults with people about their nutrition and as someone that is vegetarian himself I feel like I'm in a good uh, at and competes athletically himself you know I'm in a good I'm in like a really good place to sort of give my opinion um, having eaten meat all of my life but uh, before we do all of that, I want to give a shout out to you, a couple of you Yanks. First, we've got uh, Hughes J, who's coming back back to re-review the podcast. <laughs> Not <laughs> he doesn't want to re-review the podcast to say about how great it is or anything like that. But he actually just comes to give us another five-star review, or still five stars. But he says, he says he's just coming back to re-review because he approves of me picking Wales to beat South Africa last last week. Still awesome and helpful information presented in an entertaining way. Thank you very much, Hughes. Get in contact, uh, J Hughes. So whatever that J stands for, John, James, Jimmy, whatever, or, or if it's Hughes J, your first name is Hughes. No, why would your first name be Hughes? That was one of the dumbest things I've ever said. <laughs> moving on really quickly to the other review I've got and speaking of getting names the wrong way around Alamo Hoax says five stars great knowledge delivery and entertaining uh, and back to getting things the wrong way around he says JT sure knows his stuff <laughs> uh, it's TJ I say it in a big, in every single fucking intro TJ I'm your host TJ, I'm your boy TJ, not JT, JT, I'm sure he does know his stuff, but uh, it's not me, but anyway, he knows his stuff, has great guests, and talks real life applications, and uh, yeah, that's what I try and do here on the podcast, and so with that in mind, let's talk about the real life applications of becoming a vegetarian, before we get into the World Cup preview, boys, I am absolutely pumped for that World Cup final, by the way, uh, as an Englishman, uh, someone that's always like I don't really have it's kind of sad right because I don't have a rugby team that I really cheer for um, I don't really have a football team or a soccer team or anything I, I just like watching England do well because it stuck with me for life I mean I used to be a Man United fan I guess I still am a Man United fan but since uh, it's really hard to watch the premiership soccer here in the states, and that that's quite so. That's me moving to actually. Well, when I was first in the Middle East, but me living away from England has coincided with Man United being shit, and so it's also become an e- easy transition just to stop watching football pretty much altogether. Um, I used to be a Saris fan, but growing up, but they sucked. <laughs> stopped. I stopped being a fan, and they got really good. I still admire them as a team, but I wouldn't say I'm necessarily a fan. Uh, I, just, I do like English rugby. It's you know it's what I grew up around, and I think seeing it do really well is the one of the few um, teams that I really root for. England and English teams in the Heineken Cup, that sort of thing. Yeah, they're they're my boys. So I'm really pumped for this final. Uh, so far, this World Cup, I've been doing that same thing of just waking up, not checking any socials, 
um, because the games are 3 a.m. in the morning here. And uh, yeah, I just can't, I can't be dealing with that. I can't be dealing with 3 a.m. in the morning, but I'm going to, I'm going to do it for this final because it's a big occasion. And don't be like, well, you've been doing the tradition of uh, waking up and watching it. Don't, don't change the tradition because you're going to like, I don't believe in any of that shit whatsoever. Like nothing that I'm going to do. They're not going to lose because I woke up or because I predicted whatever I've predicted or whatever. Like you, you got to stop having such a high bloody opinion of yourself. Nothing that you do is affecting the outcome of sports games. Lucky, lucky pants and whatnot. Doesn't matter. Like, it matters potentially a little bit if you are the one that is performing, you know, because it makes you feel a little bit better. But for me, I'm on the, I'm literally on the other side of the fucking world. This game kicks off at 3 a.m. my time. I'm going to go to bed a little bit. Well, I'm going to go to bed at probably, let's see. I'll see if I can get to bed at 10.30, get in four and a half hours, so three good cycles of sleep, wake up, bang on three, and watch the World Cup, and it should be a good time then i should probably probably gonna do a little bit of segmented sleep because then i'll finish that I'll, I'll probably be too pumped to then go to bed but i've got a big day of brazilian jiu-jitsu ahead of me ahead of my nationals that is next week um but yeah anyway i've been getting up at in the morning and, and not checking my socials and watching the games i was amazed i was uh throwing xena my, my dog around when I was watching the game last week, England versus New Zealand, um, it was like about as complete a performance as you're ever going to see. And what's scary about it, or what's not even scary, but what's super impressive is how many points they left on the table, whether that's through the disallowed tries, which, oh, that 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 more one is harsh, but it's just, that's just the way it is. It's definitely, it is technically, uh, if it's not a knock-on, it's accident offside because the guy in front of him has caught the ball. Um and then the crossing, I didn't think it was crossing. I think that was the harsher one because I think that the lock, white lock, went and played, I can't remember who it was, but he came in and played the man um, and he, he was the one that initiated the contact rather than the guy in front. But you can't really run behind people and expect to get away with it. It would have been a bit dodgy. And I'm glad that, that, that pro- it's probably even better that those scores didn't happen because then they're the controversial calls and like... Um, then people end up blaming the ref, whereas there's no real, there's no real blame on the ref. It was just England completely outplayed the All Blacks, and I've been, you know, I've been watching this Rising Suns. I've been watching England grow under Eddie Jones, but I, I thought they were going to do the same under Stuart Lancaster. But I watch them and they play really good stuff. Um, they're not as naturally good a ball players probably as the um, New Zealanders, but they are hardworking and they are very, very, very good team but they come up against the South African team that are just big um, obviously we went from the most entertaining game like I was pumped watching that England New Zealand game and then I woke up to watch the uh, South Africa Wales game and Jesus Christ was that boring like I woke up to watch that and I was just like I'm probably just gonna go back to bed and I was really disappointed and then I've got other people that wake up a little bit later and I'm like <laughs> Yeah, you know, this is this is when giving spoilers to your friends should really benefit you because that like I don't I don't want my, want my buddies wasting eighty minutes watching that shit. Just kick off the kick, aimless kick after aimless kick, and then just no one really tested each other on defense. That was that'd be the difference. Like England and New Zealand, yeah, they kicked the ball. Like England quite happy to concede possession, but when they had the ball, they really tested. They really tested the All Blacks and the Wallabies the week before, but they're also happy to defend. Whereas the why I mean. 
potentially what I look at it as though is, yeah, it was a really boring game, but South Africa did what they needed to do. They could have opened up more. But I think that's how Wales like to play. Like Wales sort of enforce those games to be crap. It's kind of like when you play that duff team in your league that you sort of overestimate and they've got a couple of uh, guys that you know are going to get yellow cards or you know you're going to get into scrap like your local rivals and you, you, you're you in you're in a locker room beforehand and you're like, listen boys, whatever we do, do not drag this game down to this team's level. They're going to try it and you're going to be like, no, no, we're going to do it. We're, we're a better team. We're just going to play to our plan. But lo and behold, 30 minutes into the game, it just ends up being shit and dragged down to their level. I feel like that's what Wales do, but on an international stage. And they win, and they win, and they win, and they win. And they got all the way to the semi-final, like I said that the week before. Like, they just kept winning. They didn't know how to lose. They won a Grand Slam playing like that. And so South Africa got roped into that, but they were just the bigger men and ended up winning that game. I think they also played a tight game against... They didn't play that tight a game, but they played well against Japan when you think about it. It's just that they had six more giants to roll on the field uh, 55 minutes into a game, and that's where they're going to take on Japan. And that was where they were always going to take on... Well, I guess they haven't really had any other tough opposition. The other tough opposition they had were New Zealand, who sort of outplayed them, and England smashed them. So by that, um, by that math, you're going to think that uh, England are going to win. And I do think England are going to win... Um, I'm not. I wouldn't be absolutely surprised if South Africa win, just because you know rugby is rugby, and we wouldn't play the competition if it was played on paper. So I wouldn't be surprised if South Africa win. I think they've got a good chance, um, but I, I just don't. I think they're far from favourites. I think England can play. England, you know, they are an extremely physical team if they want to be as well. But they are also dominating, like in the back line. They've they've got all slick hands, so I don't think you're going to just out out muscle them or do any of that. So I think that England are going to win this. I think I actually think they're going to stretch out to a decent little comfortable head start. I think they'll be up by about thirteen to maybe fifteen or sixteen up early and then the game's going to sort of fizzle out South Africa will get back into it and then they're going to bring on their big boys and sort of make a comeback but England will hold on that's the way I'm going to predict the match goes and if England can get, keep all their guys fresh that are on the field then yeah that's the way I see it happening I think, think they'll stretch out to a couple of scores now an issue for England is that they do have a lot of knocks. I think you can manage, you can get through one game but I think South Africa will be targeting Johnny May but one thing I want to know about Johnny May is he came into the England squad as a player who was just out and out gas. He was the gas man. And he got caught up by Scott Barrett, the lock. Well, actually, he was playing back row yes, uh, last week. But he got caught up by Scott, Scott Barrett on the weekend. So he's lost a little bit of toe. He's clearly, that hamstring injury is clearly hurting him. But he's still getting picked. And that should sort of go to inspire you guys. You should go to sort of let you guys know that there you can always, always, always make progress. Johnny May has come on leaps and bounds as a rugby player since he first got into the England squad. When he first came into the England squad, he was just that fast guy. He was that guy that had out and out pace, but he could be a particular... It was like uh, in the French team, you've got Teddy Thomas, similar to similar sort of player where he's just out and out gas, but is a little bit of a liability on defence. But, you, you know, when, you're, when you can be that much of a game changer, ooh, ooh, that's a little prelude to what's coming up. When you're that much of a game changer, you got to put your guys in that like that. And he's now since 
probably been consistently England's best back. Um, and he's like, his skills are great. He's great under the high ball. He recycles the ball really well. His defense is great. He's, he's good. He's just good in, in defense in general um, as part of that back three. He's, he claimed a couple against New Zealand, like way above his head. And I was just like, yeah, that, this is why this guy's in the squad now. So, yeah, yeah, people are moaning about Jack Noel not being in the team. Um, he was injured, so that's why he wasn't in the team. But besides that, Johnny May, yeah, he's he's properly progressed, you know, since being in the England squad, and he's just made sure to, uh, you know, credit to the coaches, credit to him and trying to improve. Um, it's almost the opposite of what Mike Brown did, where Mike Brown was just solid skills, and then he came along and just decided that I need to add gas to my game, and he he went out and saw other coaches and got gas. Speaking of other, and and then speaking of players that have improved a lot, I want to shout out to Cheslin Colby because he was sort of going to be the next. Um, who was that? Who was that other Geo Aplon, that, that little South African winger who was tiny, and they were like, "Oh my God, he's tiny, he can play." And then Cheslin Colby came, and they were like, "Oh, you're just a poor man's Geo Aplon." He played quite well, but really wasn't just favoured. And he just said, "Fuck all this, I'm going to France," and has gone to France, gone to Toulouse, and is now coming to this World Cup as like their best player, like their guy. And he's back in the squad for this game, or he's back in the starting team for this final. And everyone's like, "Oh, watch out! Watch out for Colby. He's a game changer." And you're looking at all the other South African wingers, like these guys are awesome too. But finally, Colby's getting recognition. He he might have improved a little bit, like his footwork and whatnot, but. He just had that confidence. He had that ability to play and not being bullied on the field. He's um, got almost a new lease of life by going to a different club. And I think, yeah, going to a completely different country and different culture. And I think that's another like route that you can take, like to show that, you know, evolution as a rugby player, you know, it doesn't ever have to stop. You can always, always, always keep evolving. And I think, um, yeah, I think that's something that you should take note of. Anyway, let's move on to... Oh, no, actually, before we do that, shout out to Francois Stein, who is the only guy that was in the 2007 World Cup um, winning team for the Springboks. And he has a chance of winning two World Cups 12 years apart. Speaking of evolving, like there's a few times when you thought that guy was done with his career, but he just keeps coming back, keeps just working hard. I mean, that guy is absolutely just talented, but... Um, I mean, I wasn't. I wasn't trying to make any point with that. It just, it just came to mind that that is another way that you can keep evolving as, or you know, another sort of thing that you should be inspired by. But you should also be inspired when England go and do it. They go and win the World Cup by two scores. You heard it here. Actually, you didn't hear it here first. People have probably already been saying that all week, and this is now Friday, the day before. But that's what I think um, and again if I if I if I nail this if if I know how that game this game pans out you you have no choice but to go to iTunes and give me a five star review please go ahead and do that it really helps show out um, I'm not gonna hack in with like a random little interlude that some podcasts do just because this is podcast so low budget <laughs> that I'm just not gonna do it just it would just sound cheesy and corny and it's not gonna work out. But I do want to get on to the other order of business, which is the Game Changers documentary. Uh, I haven't actually had anyone... Oh, well, I have had actually had a bunch of people ask me, but I haven't got any one specific question I've got to bring up about it, but I've been asked about it several times as someone who is uh, plant-based myself. 
Um, I call myself a flexitarian because I will eat the occasional fish. I will eat the occasional meat if I'm like really, really pushed and I'm at someone's house or something. Although I can't, uh, ah, I can recall the last time I ate meat, I was up in Aspen. Um, or, you know, la dee da, speaking of being low budget, going up to Aspen. Now, I was up in Aspen for rugby and someone had some elk bolognese and he was like, you've got to try this. And I was like, all right. And then I realized that was the first bit of meat I'd eaten in months. Um, that was in the summer. So, yeah. Um, as someone that's flexitarian themselves, maybe maybe I'm going to come out. This is my own biases, but um, I, I, I enjoyed the documentary, but... As a rule of thumb, if you're getting nutrition information, if you're getting diet information or even training information from a Netflix documentary, that's not the best source for you. You don't go to PubMed or you don't go to like the scientific journals for entertainment unless you're a complete geek. Shout out to all you geeks though because that is kind of fun. You don't go to that stuff for, for entertainment and you shouldn't go to Netflix for um, for information because... The whole point of that documentary is to keep you entertained. Yes, it should be informative. And yes, obviously that guy's got a few points that he wants to get across. But there's nothing holding them to, you know, to say that the facts. There's a fucking documentary about how the earth is flat on Netflix. You know what I mean? So take all of the science there with a pinch of salt. Um, especially all the science saying about how, how much better, you know, it lowers all of these risks and stuff. Um it's just overall not a great way of doing things. The athletes that he took, for example, or for his examples, were great. And they all felt better. And they said that they were you know, performing really well. But these are just hand-picked athletes. You know, you, There are several athletes that were vegan and have gone back to being meat eaters. He's avoided those. There are doctors that are like, there, there just wasn't. I watched it and I just thought there's so much of just one side and he hasn't even presented a slight counter argument. It's just bang, 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 bang. Meat is bad, meat is bad, meat is bad, meat is bad. And, and he just found everyone that was supporting that. And I, I always, with these documentaries, and I guess if they're trying to get their point across, they're not going to do that. But with these documentaries, I'd always love to see just someone from the other side say, hey, but I'm going to question this and see like a good healthy debate. Because really, when you get those things, you you tend to get people coming to like a more, you know, a less erratic, a less totally encompassing solution. My Alexa's sort of lighted up next to my face here. I don't know what she thinks I am trying to say. It's not she, it's a machine. Okay, she's, she's quieted down. It's quieted down. What am I talking about? Anyway, so back to the, the science. Yeah, um, you know, I wish with this documentary they would just handpicked a few guys that were opposing, you know, handpicked some of the carnivore guys and said, right, what do you, why do you think this is great? And then properly compared them because we there's no real objective analysis here. It's just science, all the science that supports it and none of the science that goes against it, even though we know that there's stuff that goes against it. So I thought I'd get into it a little bit in this, even though I am plant-based myself, I, I, I can still see the, come, the drawbacks, I can still see the things that I have to consider and I just don't I don't think that you're going to fucking be able to run around the world without ever being able to sleep or and be in perfect recovery getting amazing strength and rehab yourself from injuries in, in months less time just because you've switched to plant-based like that, there was that weird one when he just nailed an hour on the on the battle ropes and it's just like that's just not how it works like you don't just eat plants for a month and then go oh my god i can do this for an hour it was really weird 
But with the science stuff, I just think it's a little bit fishy. So, for example, he, you know, they would give stats out and they'd say, oh, just by simply reducing this or, or switching to a plant-based diet, you reduce your risk by 30%. And saying statements like that doesn't really help anybody because it reduces risks by 30% over how long a period of time? Do you have to stick with it for a month and then you, you're, you're fixed? Or do you have to stick with it for years to undo it? Do you have to, you know, do you then eat one piece of meat every month and that undoes all of your risk? Like, how, how does it work? It's not just plain sailing, you know? It's not, or not plain sailing. It's not just black and white. It's not just this is this and this is this. It's, there's all shades of gray, especially with something like this. Like, if you ate, you know, a couple of pieces of meat or dairy every month or so, like, where's the data on that? There isn't any. So how can you say that necessarily it's just eating meat? Maybe it's just the amount of meat or it's the quality of meat. Because that's the other thing is a lot of these studies are done in America where the quality of meat is shit. And so, you know, obviously they're going to have some negative side effects and that, and that sort of thing. So the... The problem with it is that there's no real context to how these things reduce by this 30% or or 50% or whatever it is. You know, it's just not it's not overly a, a really good way of sort of analyzing things or or, or laying out the facts because you're not really getting any facts. You're just getting data to, that sounds all sexy, but there's no real grounding to it. You know, um, and that's shown in a science when you get. You know, there's a really good quote I read here about the the science itself from a meta-analysis, which is where they take all of the different... So they'll try and compile as many different scientific studies as they can and combine them to make a really overall analysis. And they, they came out with the fact that the better the study design, the lower the probability of an association between um, being vegan and being healthier. So... What that means is like, yeah, most, you know, yeah, most veg- vegetarians and most vegans are going to be healthier, but that's because th- those people by default are 100% all of these people are going to cons- be thinking about what they're eating. Whereas most, whereas a, a good percentage of the population in the Western world, especially in America and UK, um, they are going to just be not you know, they're not thinking about what they're eating at all. They're eating fucking McDonald's every day. You can't eat McDonald's every day if you're a vegan, uh, vegan or you're vegan or a vegetarian. I mean, you can, but you you know what I'm saying. So, you know, by trying to identify similar people, so similar sort of healthy people, once you get healthy, once you, you know, you get a lot of, you you have someone that's health conscious, they're, they're active, they're, they, you know, they're, they're living a, a healthy lifestyle. And then you compare those you know two sets of people and that you get a better study design um you're going to have less you know you're going to have less by this stuff by these stuff by this meta-analysis you're going to have less of a correlation between being plant-based and being healthier and that concludes with this you know they say that the overall certainty in the evidence was very low across all individual outcomes so that's all diseases and risks and stuff uh due to serious risk of bias and imprecision so you know that that also leads to things like on the documentary where everyone feels the difference and that's all well and good but you know for every i wouldn't say for every person but for you know i i could talk to a, a bunch of people 
that feel significantly better on a carnivore diet or say they feel better on a keto diet. Um, and so, you know, all of this stuff has to be taken with a grain of salt. You know, multiple... And the, the way I would sort of... Con- convey it is obviously eating a plant-based diet is going to be really really good for you like you're going to eat be in a t- for the most part you can eat shit obviously but for the most part you're going to be eating a ton more vegetables you're going to be a ton more fruits than most people eat and therefore by default you're going to be healthier um add to that the fact that like we said with matt dickens on the podcast last year you get this sort of sense of moral weight that's lifted because you just don't feel guilty for all this um craziness that's going on and all this factory farming that you end up supporting um that's why i became plant-based more on that in a little bit but to say that eating more vegetables and eating more fruits is going to make you recover better and feel better and excuse me and more carbs i don't know if i'm going to keep that burp in the i'm going to keep that burp in the podcast who cares um to say that eating more carbs for energy and more fruits and vegetables for you know, vitamins and minerals is going to make you a healthier person. It's like no shit Sherlock. But where is the real big negative of having an occasional bit of meat? You know, yeah, you're not having a fucking beef burrito or a beef burger before you go to bed. Like that's going to have negative implications. But adding a little bit of meat um, in the science, um, you know, there have been enough studies that have found health benefits from adding animal foods to a vegan diet or a vegetarian diet um, because the vegan and vegetarian diets do, in, you know, you, there is a risk of um, some deficiencies. Um, B12 is always the big one. Calcium is another one. Um, but, I mean, you can obviously supplement these things, but these are things that you've got to consider. Um, and therefore, you know, Essentially, just be a healthy motherfucker and you're going to be fine. Now, a couple other notes that I noticed on the documentary. Um, it was funny that the, the, the one doctor said about um, the brain is extremely fussy and needs, needs, needs glucose to evolve. And as obviously, as humans have evolved, um, our brains have got bigger and bigger and bigger. We've kind of got smarter until like the past 10 years since these smartphones have come out, in which case we've got dumber. <laughs> but the phones have helped us be smarter. Um, our brains have grown and, and we've become smarter people. And, you know, that's because our brains and our brains have been functioning that entire time on glucose. So all you keto people that say that brains are better off on ketones, stop it. Stop it. It's just not true um one other quote i did like was that the like because this is a thing that i always find as a someone that's um vegetarian and i find that um i'm plant-based myself and i've always been a foodie i've always loved food like those that know my background you know i used to be a properly fat kid because i love food so much and i've to this day i still love food as so much as well but it's not replacing your love of food it's replacing the ingredients you still keep your love of food but you just replace the ingredients with more healthy things you get to experiment in all different ways and i am definitely enjoying being um a flexitarian um and since watching the documentary um i'm a little bit more inspired to try a little bit more dishes and become and i've been thinking about this for the last couple months that probably next year is going to be the year that i actually go completely vegan flexitarian meaning i'll be 
completely vegan 99% of the time. So that's going to, all that's going to do is cut out my cheese that I add into my meals, um, my eggs that I add into my meals. I think that's it. I don't really have any milk. Uh, and I can't think of anything else I have that would cost me. So yeah, that would just be cutting out those. Um, and I think I, I would be able to do that. And then again, every now and again, go for sushi because I enjoy fucking the shits out of sushi. So come at me. I don't think that's going to happen. But the reason I'm doing this is not because I think it's going to make me be able to run seven miles in seven days. Seven miles in seven days. That's not an accomplishment at all. Seven marathons in seven days or lift a million pounds or do any of these crazy things that these um, other vegans on this documentary did. I'm doing it because the last bit of documentary and I don't get why he didn't start and go on with this because this this I think is way more important I guess he's trying to appeal to our selfish nature that we've all got to be you know that if you look at being plant-based as being healthy for you and being better for you you're more likely to stick to it but the reality is the reason I do it is because we are fucked on this planet like three quarters of the land that of farmland that or I think it's like 78 percent he said is used for livestock um so much of it is used for grains to feed the livestock it's just it blows my mind we're uh, destroying uh rainforests for it um the actual factory farming is just completely destroying the environment and like we're not going to have a planet to to live on and the dude at the end just and and also now I have said this already on the podcast before I don't think that me becoming plant-based is um gonna make the world a difference like yeah you know, gonna save the world but when we're it's either gonna two things are gonna happen um i can say i can sit on my high horse and say hey you know when we're all fucked i'll say hey i did my bit you know you motherfuckers i tried to, i tried my best i was kind of vegan you know or or um more and more people take it seriously and we you know you have, you do your little bit and someone else does their little bit and someone else does their little bit you know i don't bang on about it this is the first time i've really spoken about it in depth on the podcast um everyone else does their little bit and eventually um factory farming goes to a minimum and we can right the wrongs uh but time is running out for that so i actually think the the only way this is going to change is through massive legislation but at the same time, I'm still not contributing to the mess and not still burying my head in the sand. So I feel like I'm making a bit of a difference. Um, he said that, oh, that was another fact. I just wrote it down. I don't know, <laughs> like as if I'm going to uh, remember that whole fact. I noted down 2,400 litres of water. That was how much water is needed to make one beef burger. And again, like with the science and all that, like, I don't know where he's plucking this from and I don't know how, what sort of burger that is. So probably some sort of cherry pick fat, but that's kind of ridiculous. Um, and I guess I shouldn't have written that down because that's completely derailed my thought train there. But the point here of what I'm trying to make is the health stuff is always going to be rebuffed because it's just on, it's on, you know, not really great science. It's, it's kind of, bit fishy it's not the best science in the world it's not really great um it's, it's clearly cherry picked and there's no great evidence but the evidence for climate change is fucking overwhelming so i don't understand why they didn't go down that route um but what i did like and 
I always like this. Arnie is the man. And he said, you know, just do your bit. It's not about telling your friends, hey, you should fucking cut out meat. You should do all of this. You should just do your bit. And he was saying about it for the environment, not for, you know, he said his cholesterol was better, but he was talking about doing it for the environment. That's why I do it. Um, and I've seen that in my life. I've seen people slowly over time, like my, in my friend circle, and even a couple of clients have said, look, I want to start becoming plant-based. Can you help me, you know, just three or four days a week? I want to see if I can go without eating meat. And I, you know, I don't tell anyone ever, I think, that you need to do it. I, I tell everyone it is really fucking hard. I tell everyone that um, unless you're eating healthy already, your, pro your health could potentially be worse by eating vegan. And it probably is not going to be sustainable because you don't know how to eat a proper diet in the first place. It's probably easier to do that with meat first and then maybe fish and then, you know, dial it back. Um, and that's the way I think of it. And... So I wish that documentary, I wish Game Changers had gone down that route a little bit more. But I do like the fact that it proves that you can eat plant-based as long as you feel um, comfortable with it. And there are tons of different ways that you can be creative and cook. And there's nothing to say that you can't do all of that and have some meat on top of that and be extremely healthy. Um, and that's me as a plant-based person saying that. If you choose to, you know, sort of not contribute to the um, ball of fire that we are calling this planet of Earth at the minute um, and want to become more plant-based for moral reasons or, you know, because I also follow Nature is Metal on Instagram and I know what the animal kingdom is like. Like, yeah, animals die. Like, animals kill other animals and we as humans are at the top of the food chain. But we are going to kill everything if we do it the wrong way. So it's not about, you know, I still, if there's a bug there and it's scaring the crap out of me, which it doesn't scare me, but it annoys me, like I'll still swat a fly if it's annoying my, my arm. Um, you know, I'm not Captain Moral. I just want to not contribute to something that I, is clearly not a good thing, especially as someone that tells people what they want to eat. Um, so yeah, game changers. Watch it for some entertainment. Watch it for some cool feats of strength and some cool insights. But don't watch it for really great science. And with that, I have to thank you guys. And I will talk to you in the next podcast. Hopefully when England are world champions. If they become world champions or not, doesn't matter. It helps me out if you go to iTunes or, or Apple Podcasts, I do believe, or whatever you use. Make sure you hit subscribe. Make sure because we've got, I've got uh, guests coming up for the next, you know, until the end of the year and beyond. Um, lots of big guests actually coming on. And it should be really cool listening for you guys. Some really good information that is coming out. Um, if you want to get our flagship world-class strength and condition delivered directly to your phone, you'll find our rugby-muscle.com forward slash team. If you've watched Game Changers and you want to figure out a diet that can work for you, but you only want to make small changes, you want to figure out exactly how to do that, well, I've got a three-part nutrition guide that is built around creating a sustainable diet for you and you can make that obviously vegetarian if you wish and you can get that rugby-muscle.com forward slash diet or you can pick up 50 free rugby conditioning sessions at rugby-muscle.com i've been your host as always tj thank you very much for listening i'll see you guys in the next one